Welcome to Walk with the Wise, along with First Presbyterian Church of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where you'll find a joyful community on our way to becoming mature human beings that go back out to love our crazy world. I'm Pastor Dan Snyder, and I'm here, as always, with Andy Kindig. Hi there, Andy. Hi, Dan. Welcome uh, to all of our listeners, wherever you're listening from. We are back for a special mini season in between our seasons. Uh, We just wrapped up season one a few weeks ago, and now coming up, there's a special season, Dan, here at the church, and that is the season of Advent. So we are going to devote the next four podcasts to the season of Advent, and uh, we've got some great topics to talk about. They're going to be four right in a row every week. Boom, 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 boom. And Dan, yes, who do we got joining with us we, today? Today we are joined by our associate pastor, Pastor Claire George Drummeller, who focuses primarily in her job on worship. So when we're talking about Advent, like one of the biggest seasons in people's mind of the year, it just feels right to have our worship person here with us today. So Claire, thanks for uh, joining us today on this podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on our team as well. So uh, yeah, Advent is on its way. It's the time where we we get pretty busy around here. Yeah, we do. And I'm sure that most of our listeners know what Advent is, have heard about Advent. It's that the four Sundays leading up to Christmas Day, the season where we kind of prepare for the arrival of the birth of Jesus Christ. And we've all heard of that, but what my question is for both of you as we start this conversation today is why is the season of Advent special to you personally? And I'll let you fight it out who's going to start first. <laughs> I'll go first. All right, there you go. That, <laughs> that sounds great. I love the tension that's in the season of Advent. You know, out in the world, getting ready for Christmas is about meal planning and getting ready for family gatherings and buying presents and wrapping them. But the church celebrates Advent in a really different way, and it's filled with tension. And you don't have to look hard to find it, because we say in Advent, we're in this season of already, but not yet. We are getting ready to celebrate Christmas where we remember the birth of the Messiah, but we also recognize that Christ is still going to come again. So we have God on earth through Jesus Christ, uh, but God's plan of salvation has not yet been fully realized. So Advent is these four weeks where we really lean into that tension that we remember the past and we look towards our future with hope. Yeah, that um, that is a... A strange thing about Advent, isn't it? That we're kind of celebrating two different kinds of things happening at the same time. And one of the things that I love about Advent season is uh, I love that it starts out the new calendar as well. Um, As a staff team, we took one of those inventories that we take. You remember we did that? And uh, uh, I tend to be one of those people who likes to start things, you know, get them moving. So I enjoy that Advent gives us a chance to kind of start fresh, think about the vision for the coming year, um, think about the way that, uh, you know, thematically we can uh, begin to unite our hearts together as a church. It gives us a new chance, I think, as individual believers even, to say as we approach the new year, calendar new year, 
what are some things I want to start in my life and uh, hit, kind of hit the reset button. So uh, I enjoy that. I, I, I enjoy that. And this, this season, we have chosen a wonderful theme. It, it doesn't sound wonderful at first when you hear the question. The question is, how does a weary world rejoice? Of course, it comes from the, uh, the, the hymn, yeah, O Holy, oh, Night. Holy Night. Yes. Um, how does a weary world rejoice? And uh, it, it, it's a deep question and a good question, especially in our time. Yeah, it is. I, I, that's, uh, it's funny you say that because I remember when we first got this, uh, this email saying like, we're gonna, this is the title of this series. It is, it is kind of a, an odd question. How does a weary world rejoice? And, but as we started to talk about it as a staff these last, these last few months and, and weeks, uh, it really, you're like, oh, that's right. This is there's what some, it is. There's some meat in there. Yeah, it really there's is. And it's that there. it really reflects, I think, that tension that you're talking about, Claire, that that idea of what was happening both in the world then when you know, before the birth of Christ and also now. Yeah, there's some yeah. weariness. There's yeah, some weariness we're all feeling right now. Claire, you've uh, connected us to this resource, Sanctified Art, and we're so glad you have found that um, that helps us guide, helps as a guide through this time. Tell us a little bit about why you like this. This Boy, I do love a sanctified art. I may be one yeah. of their biggest cheerleaders. And I first learned about them at my last church that I served in North Carolina. We didn't use the whole resource, but we used their daily devotion for Lent one year. And we got these beautiful packets with these gorgeous prayers and commentary on scripture. And I think it even had hymns and lots of beautiful artwork. And I just devoured it. I absolutely loved it. And so when I came here, I was really excited to bring uh, my friends from a sanctified art along with me and excited for a congregation who is really willing to embrace that. They, they're a group of women. They're artists. They're trained theologians. They're in the Reformed tradition. And in their years that they've grown, they've started bringing in guest musicians and guest writers and guest artists. And they just produce this really rich resource is to help churches lean into Advent and to lean into Lent and to lean into, they even do summer series sometimes. They are centered on scripture. They say they believe in God's living word and their mission is to help scriptures come to life. And they do that through, uh, through color, with their artwork, poetry, song, and image. And I, I think it's just wonderful. They bring so much life and energy into the worship life of our congregation. And it, I love to see how that energy in the worship life then translates into what we're doing in, in small groups and in our family ministries and all these other areas that uh, engaging our hearts and our minds and in our bodies and our souls in worship and how that uh, informs the rest of our life of faith. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's thoughtfully put together. Like, uh, there's a lot of graphic design stuff incorporated into it that churches can make use of, uh, but it's not just, like, background art and filler. It's really thoughtful art, and uh, a lot of the stuff that they uh, also include uh, that make they make available to churches, and we're going to use a bunch of it this this season, yeah. um, are just really very well done. So how does a weary world rejoice? There are a lot of ways that question can be answered. So uh, what are some of the ways we're going to answer that question in the next four weeks of Advent? 
Yeah, that will be our question that's going to guide us all through Advent. How does a weary world rejoice? And we're asking the question because we think we can. We think it's possible that him says, A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks new and glorious morn. So we're looking towards that new and glorious morn. And every week we'll consider a partial response to that question. How does a weary world rejoice? To start off with, we acknowledge our weariness. We're not going to do anyone any favors if we ignore that there's, that we are tired, that we are weary. We're going to start off right off the bat acknowledging our weariness and then turn to connection. We find joy in connection, and that is all about the body of Christ and leaning into one another and into our church family. We allow ourselves to be amazed. We have to train our minds sometimes to notice things, to be amazed by them. And then that fourth week of Advent, we sing stories of hope. We uh, we actually will go all the way through the baptism of the Lord thinking about how does a weary world rejoice. But those are the first four partial answers to that question we'll be exploring together. Yeah, it, the um, I think... One of the things that uh, I love about these uh, answers to the questions is it does give us the opportunity to engage in spiritual practice. And as I said um, in my answer to your question, Andy, um, it um, Advent gives us a time to kind of lean into those new practices. And maybe I can talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But I, usually we take a little break for... We, we do. We do take a little for break. Your, um, you know, we... Over, we we actually, and that's, we'll focus back a little bit on those four ways to answer that question and ways that we as a congregation and we as listeners can can answer those questions and, and look at those questions. But if you've listened to Walk with the Wise before, you know, somewhere in the middle of our conversation, we drop some silly questions. Uh, this time around, we're going to talk about things Advent and Christmas related. Mm-hmm. Um Hopefully they aren't too weary, um, but <laughs> they may be, and that's okay. Um, the first one is, and I will ask this every single episode is, and everyone at this table, what is your favorite Christmas cookie or treat? Claire, as the guest, you go first. I have my answer ready. My <laughs> my in-laws have this family recipe that's this chewy ginger cookie and it's been passed down for a few generations. It's not a ginger snap. It's not crunchy. It's chewy. has dark molasses in it. Oh, my goodness. It oh. sure is good. So I get warm or? Uh, well, you if you're lucky with? enough to snag it warm out of the oven, <laughs> it is exceptional. But this is one of those, I think, I'm going to argue a rare cookie that's actually even better room temperature because you get oh. the chewiness when oh. it's room temperature. Oh, yeah. When it's hot, the molasses isn't as chewy. So, oh goodness, it is so delicious, and I'm very lucky to be married to someone who loves to bake. (laughs) And so we usually have a couple batches of that in our own house with the two of us, and then I get to enjoy them with my in-laws when I'm there, too. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, Uh, that really does sound good. All right, Dan, favorite cookie or treat? Oh, my gosh, you're going to make me do that. Because, you know, the thing is, in the holiday season, we get given so many kinds of cookies from so many people. We do. And I'm going to offend somebody if I don't <laughs> pick them. <laughs> well, anybody who knows you truly yes. is if your answer is any sort of pie. It that is. Okay. <laughs> Anything that ends in the word pie, I will take. <laughs> that's, and, that's, uh, that's an okay answer. I'll even give you my address. You can mail it. <laughs> to, you know, uh, Christmas Day 
Chris makes this wonderful um, almond cranberry cake. It's become a tradition. Like we can't really start Christmas morning until everybody's had this. And she makes it the night before. Um, and it is, it's wonderful. Made with fresh cranberries, has like a little vanilla taste in it and almonds uh, throughout it. And uh, oh my gosh, like in the beginning, it would take a couple days for it to be gone. But now, usually by lunchtime on Christmas, it's gone. It's gone already. It's, uh, yeah, it's really. I was, really, was going to really say, if you have some for a couple days, my address where you can bring uh-huh. it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll deliver your own. You're going to need your own because you'll have to fight me for mine. Andy, how about you? Uh, you got to uh, tell us. Well, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've, same thing. There's lots of choices, but. I'm gonna have to say a peanut butter blossom where you put the oh, you take the Hershey yeah. kiss, and yeah. it has to be like right not when it's too warm because otherwise it just melts. Right, but it's just right when the the peanut butter cookie is just warm enough that it pushes down in, but not too hot that it just goes into like right. a, melting. But yes, yeah, and I, then you put them outside. Yeah, and then they cool. They cool and for the squirrels. Uh, yeah, right <laughs> when they get too hard. Um, no, but I honestly, I those are one cookie that after yeah. my mom makes them i'm like okay i can only take a few of these right now because otherwise i l- will literally right. eat the eat whole them thing all. Like, yeah they are, interestingly yeah. only like around christmas aren't yeah they? I, except you'd never see them any other time right. uh, at least not in our my family or household so uh okay so that was question number one question number two uh before we get back to our conversation here is uh favorite christmas time movie and Claire I know you earlier you're like oh I have the perfect answer for this what is it my favorite Christmas movie is my favorite movie period oh period okay period. and it is Muppet Christmas Carol oh. I will it is <laughs> that is a classic yes. it is a classic it is. it is so funny and Matt my spouse Matt and I quote it all year long and I just have to wait till November comes up on the calendar to watch it. We usually will watch it some point in the summer because it's too good to only watch one time a year. I'm, I'm a Muppet kid. I love all of the Muppets, but, uh, gosh, a Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. Well, and Michael Caine is just taking it so seriously. That's what makes it perfect. That is, he's surrounded by these Muppets, and he is doing like he's the best serious Scrooge. actor. Oh, really absolutely. Is. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Dan, favorite movie? Um, you know, like. So I've got to say, too, because, you know, the first one, um, Elf, you can't, it's hard to find it and to see it. And I'm so cheap, I don't ever want to pay for it. But it's so (laughs) funny. It's so good. It's a classic. And that's probably why it's hard to get to. But the one that just takes me back to my childhood and always feels so cozy, of course, is the the Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's you know, there's something about the music in the background and the snow falling. The sad the little tree. Sad little tree. Snoopy skating, you know, all that stuff. In fact, uh, I think that would be, if I could decorate my porch, front porch with anything, it would probably be a big red doghouse with Snoopy laying on top of it because of there that. There you go. So, yeah. All right. There's a lot of meaning for me in that. Andy. And a pie. Um, and a pie. And a pie. No, uh, that'll be inside. Sure, that'll be inside. It's going to stay belly. warm. Um, you know what? Honestly, with uh, my with my two kids, my my answer probably has changed over the last few years. And that is the most, I think it's the most re- recent Grinch, where it's Benedict oh, yes. Cumberbatch doing the voice of the Grinch. It's very funny. Oh. And we, I'm not kidding you, watch it all year long. Oh. 
Um, I don't think I've seen this. Oh, it's actually very good. I think it's on. Uh, so it's the. It's, it's on one streaming platform. Seuss. I'm not going to promote any of them. Right. But let's just say it's on a streaming it. platform out there somewhere. Um, it's it's animated. It's very funny. They've kind of modernized it. Uh, the Grinch story, and they also you get a little bit more background of why he's the Grinch, and okay. uh, so it, it's. It's very, it's very funny. Wow. It's right up my alley. So if you haven't seen oh, it, I gotta check find it out. that one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So those are those are three completely all over the place movies, and I <laughs> they love sort it. Sort of are. Yeah, yeah they are. Um, but with a, all of them have a little bit of silliness in it, so that's what's great. Um, so those are my two questions. We're not going to do any more than that. We're going to get back to discussing how a weary world rejoices mm, and right. the Advent season here at uh, FPC. And Dan, um, one way is, there, there's two ways, and we're going to talk about those. Why don't you start off with the, the next Oh, one? yeah. Yeah, like I keep sort of saying, um, you know, Advent gives you a chance to start the new, th this question is sort of a new question. How does a weary world rejoice? So it gives us a chance to think in a new way. Um, and we live in a time, I think, where, People are so weary and tired in daily living that, you know, thinking about doing some sort of spiritual practice can feel very, very daunting. So I, I love how these themes that, um, that you just laid out, Claire, how they really lend themselves to what's being called micro practices, you know, that I, maybe I can't do like a big step, but I can do what's in front of me. I can take a little step. Uh, I can start close in, you know. And so, you know, as I listen to these themes, uh, particularly, you know, the one, uh, how, you know, we acknowledge our weariness um, and how important it is to find ways as humans to understand how the, the struggles that we're facing are things that are often common to human beings. That it, part of it is just because we're human. That this this is what's going on for us. Now, obviously, there are some really tragic things happening in our world that should not be happening to human beings. But I think for us in our daily living, you know, um, to understand that we're not alone. You know, that when we're facing difficulty, we're not all by ourselves. In that, um, often in America, we can. Uh, fall into the trap of thinking not only that we're individuals, but that we're special, and and that can backfire on us when difficulty comes into our lives. So, to to think of practices that help us to know that you know this is what we share in common as human beings uh, is really critical. We do that every Sunday when we confess our sin together, and uh, and then acknowledge pardon. You know, we're going to get a chance to connect personally. We'll talk about that in a moment. This, the, the one about allowing ourselves to be amazed. Uh, again, we just culturally, um, technology makes it more and more and more difficult for us to think that we can be amazed and um, to find ways this Advent season to allow the simplicity of life, the simplicity of nature, the simplicity of children, um, the simplicity of Scripture 
to astound us, you know, to put ourselves into a quiet place long enough that we allow ourselves to be astounded can be a micro practice. And um, I hope we get a, a chance to really try that out. And of course, singing our stories. Christians love to sing, and they we love singing this story more than just about any other story. Um, but the the practice of singing, it's like like thinking as a Christian, I don't have time for these big giant practices of the faith. But you want to sing, and you want well, to jump. And in. And some of these songs you only sing now. Yeah, like so uh, do you it. <laughs> so sing them. Yeah, you yeah. Sing them loud. Sing them. Yeah, often. Or you know, like keep a hymnal or copies of these next to your bed and learn the other three verses. You know, like if you only know verse one or verse two, like learn it, like have them close by so that you can hear the fullness of the of the story as it comes. Just those are just little micro practices that will uh, let us start close in at uh, at this time. So I look forward to that. Yeah. And now there's those micro practices are great and wonderful things that we can do kind of as individuals. Uh, but Claire, we also have uh, opportunities uh, through the church for small groups. We do. Yeah. And yeah. there's several opportunities, correct? Yes, there are several opportunities. And I think this is the micro practice of finding joy and connection. We have this four week series of small groups kicking off the week leading up to Advent 1. So it'll start November 26th. And we have groups that meet at Willow Valley and in person, one at a local restaurant. We have uh, one on Zoom, one that's meeting the same time as our youth group for parents of youth. And I, I say that the purpose of the small groups really is twofold. It's one, to promote community and two, to engage scripture. And I tell my small group leaders that that is, that is my hope and my prayer for these small groups, that studying scripture in the midst of community, what could be finding joy in connection? Isn't that exactly what that is? And there'll be a chance to, to reconnect with some people that you may already know and to meet some new folks and to hold one another in prayer. And you also get this really uh, special treat if you're a part of the small group that you spend an entire hour in discussion and conversation about the upcoming preaching text. So by the time you hear Pastor Dan or me preach the sermon, you will have already spent at least an hour considering and discussing and thinking about that text. And I hope that you will find that it will enrich your worship experience. You will have already put so much thought into it. And then hearing the sermon, um, some things that m might surprise you or some things you had already anticipated. Like I, I'm, I'm really excited and hopeful about that. The small groups also will use that beautiful daily devotion to help guide the conversation. And so you'll get partners to talk about the artwork and to talk about the poetry and the prayers that are in there. Um, so finding joy in connection. Yeah. And if you are part of our email list here at the church, you're going to see those dates and times for those specific small groups. You're going to find ways uh, to connect to those and register for those. If you are not part of our email list and you want to be involved in some way, email us info at fpclancasterpa.org. We'll get you connected. Even if you're listening to this the second weekend of the second week of Advent, come on, come on, join us. Uh, it doesn't matter when you join us; just join us. Um, so we do. We have the wonderful ways of those small groups and uh, diving deeper into this Advent study of how does a weary world 
rejoice. Um, yeah, it gives us a chance, like we would say in Advent, gives us a chance to all beginner, all be beginners again. So yeah. as you come to these, don't feel like you need to be an expert on the scriptures. We're all, we're all starting fresh again. So. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, thank you, uh, Claire, for joining us. Thank and you. Kicking off this yeah. mini season, as we're calling it here, <laughs> at Walk with the Wise. Uh, as always, I just want to remind you: share this podcast. Let other people hear the stories that we are collecting and walking along with the wise people of Lancaster and here at First Presbyterian Church. To learn more about us here at FPC, visit us at uh, fpclancasterpa.org. And any questions, as always, you can email us, info at fpclancasterpa.org or WWTW, so that's Walk With The Wise, WWTW at fpclancasterpa.org. For any questions or feedback, let us know. Here's to a wonderful season of Advent and learning about this weary world rejoicing.